how's everybody doing today? My name is Augie with VI Playlist. I'm here with Zach Guerin from Dance Kevin Dance and Strawberry Girls. And I believe you also wrote a, helped co-write a Kurt Travis album as well? Yes. Yeah. Everything is beautiful. Nice. That's awesome. Well, today we are basically going to make a Spotify playlist based off of some of the music you listen to. Is there anything you want to name it? Um, maybe like once it's done. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Once I'm not very <laughs> creative with the playlist naming. <laughs> You're not the first one who's named it at the end, so we just have to remember to do that. <laughs> yeah. So when you were a child, uh, what is some of that first music, like before you got into the rock scene, like maybe it was something your parents listened to. Uh, what is some of that first music that you could remember listening to? Hmm. Um, as a kid, like, I don't know, watching MTV and stuff like that, probably in like second, third, fourth grade. And just like watching music videos and getting into like rap and rock and R&B and stuff like that. Just whatever they played, I would, I would listen to. Yeah. But, uh, see, I feel like, I think my parents took me to a Beach Boys concert when I was like really young. So I don't remember the concert. They told me that I drank like 10 Capri Suns and like threw up everywhere. So. Party animal, man. <laughs> yeah. It was, crazy oh that's crazy. hilarious do you remember any beach boy songs now as far yeah, as yeah like, they have they have some really cool stuff um i guess i kind of like when they get weird i think on some of their later stuff they got a little more like psychedelic and stuff yeah um but uh i mean i guess my favorite is probably uh good vibrations that one gets like very trippy and because like key changes and stuff and some weird uh theremin solo or something like that I mean, I, I just know like the classic Beach Boy songs. I never really got into them, but yeah, they've got they've got a handful of songs that I that I dig. Yeah, but yeah, that one would be my favorite. Good vibrations. Yeah. What was your uh, like introduction into playing an instrument? Probably piano. I took piano lessons as a kid. Um, probably like in a uh, elementary school, maybe like eight, nine, ten, something like that. Yeah. Um, I'd always kind of have like random instruments around my dad was a drummer before i was born but uh i never really like knew him as a drummer but when he was um like in high school and stuff like that he played in like local bands and stuff yeah um he actually grew up with the singer of that 80s band journey um steve oh Perry. really yeah they were they grew up in the same city and they never like played in a band together but they played in bands uh yeah like in that area and they were like best friends growing up so that was kind of a journey was definitely a band that my dad would like play a lot for me growing up. Don't stop believing was my uh, <laughs> my my school my senior song. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I would say um, I would throw on "Message of Love." I feel like it's not as known, but it's one of my my favorite Journey songs. Yeah, it's a good one. But uh, yeah, I would have like weird keyboards and drum pad things and yeah, like. So I know you, you mentioned before uh, that you don't really know how to read or write music or anything like that. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know how to read sheet music. I mean, like I took piano lessons, but I never, I always just like would do it by ear. And then <laughs> no, you never paid attention to that part, right? Yeah. Yeah. Teachers would get like mad and stuff, but I wouldn't, I would just memorize everything. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really have an interest in it. It just seemed like more, more school and I didn't like school. Yeah. And I just kind of knew that like, it was never my interest to do anything that involved reading music that none like that side of things didn't really interest me. I wasn't interested in playing in like orchestras or I don't know, 
and that type of stuff. So it was just like, I knew I wouldn't use it and I would just forget it. So <laughs> I figured why put in the effort to learn it. I don't know. That was my, my excuse. People always say, you know, if you can learn piano, you can learn any instrument. Is that typically the case? Did, did you find it easier to pick up a guitar knowing piano first? Um, hmm. It's like I didn't really learn much from the piano. So, um, yeah, I don't think I really, like, I knew, like, just the very basic stuff, like, what certain notes are. Yeah. Like, basic, basic chords and things like that. But, um, so, like, I don't know, maybe the tiniest amount. But, like, when I picked up guitar, I couldn't play guitar. I had to, like, learn all this stuff. So, see, that's the thing um, that gets me is the whole finger placement and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's different than piano. So, I mean, like even knowing how to do piano, I don't think it really, I mean, it doesn't hurt, but I don't think it helps very much because yeah, you still have to learn like the, uh, the muscle memory of the chords and stuff. I mean, it's yeah. like if I tried to play a guitar upside down with my left hand, it's yeah. like, it's like I'm playing guitar for the first time again, like trying to like, you're looking at your fingers and trying to figure out where they go, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's kind of weird how all that works. So I heard an interview with you recently, and you said one of the bands that you used to uh, learn the songs was Thrice. Yes, yeah. Along with Thrice and stuff like that, is what other bands did you listen to around that time? Um, let's see. Around that time, um, I was just listening to like everything in the post-hardcore scene that I could kind of get my hands on. So stuff yeah. like. Um, Thursday, Coheed and Cambria, Refused. Um, I liked uh, just like everything in that scene. My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, The Used, Circuit Survive, just all that kind of. When I interviewed Ben, he said uh, the Mars Volta was was something that he specifically remembers you listening to a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, they were like after Thrice, they were kind of like the one of my like favorite bands that really kind of like taught me a little more about songwriting and just kind of what you can do with music and how far you can take it and kind of all the little bells and whistles and stuff you can kind of sprinkle into it. Is there any uh, like Thrice songs you want to throw in there? Um, let's see. I would say I think like the first Thrice song I learned to play was a song called uh, T and C. It's the last song on their album Identity Crisis. I think that was the first Thrice song I ever heard. Is there any more you want to throw in here as far as? Um, let's see. I would throw on um, Band Refused. I would yeah. do um, do a song that most people probably haven't heard if they have heard Refused already. Uh, it's off of their album Songs to Fan the Flames of Discontent. It's track two. It's called to, uh, Coup de Talk. I like that song a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's not on their like big album, so I don't know how many people have heard it. I honestly never heard it. The only song that I know by Refused is New Noise. And actually, pretty sure Ben put one on his playlist as well. But it was um, it was The yeah. Deadly Rhythm is what he put on mm, Nice. Yeah, that, that album's really good. A lot of cool yeah. stuff on there. And then you, you also mentioned Thursday. They're personally one of my favorites as well. Yeah, yeah I was a big fan of them growing up. They were, yeah. were kind of like sort of rivals with Thrice. Not rivals, but like a lot of people. They kind of both came up on the same... Uh, or they both got signed to... I think Island Records around the yeah. same time. I'm pretty sure. So they were kind of like neck and neck post hardcore bands. And you had like your Thursday fans and your Thrice fans. Um, not like competing, but little rivalry between those bands, I feel like. And they had their tour together and they had done stuff. Yeah. Together. So yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're a cool band. I like, I like their first couple albums a lot. 
let's see. I would do off of their live EP, Five Stories Falling. I would do um, Autobiography of a Nation. I remember not liking them the first time I heard them for some yeah, reason. I, I, didn't, I didn't like them either. I think it was probably the, the vocalist. Uh, he kind of had like a weird voice, but yeah, sometimes it just kind of the weirdness kind of clicks and you and you like it. Yeah. I definitely had bands like that where I didn't like something and then you just kind of end up liking that thing that you hated about them. Yeah. Yeah. Take it back Sunday, man. Let's do them. Let's see. Um, yeah, because I got into them on their first album, Tell All Your Friends. Yeah. Maybe I guess I would do track one. You know how I do. I like that song a lot. But that whole album is like really good. So it's like the next couple albums. Yeah, for sure. You had mentioned before that you joined Dance Gavin Dance from an internet friend, correct? Yes. Yeah. From their, uh, one of their original guitarists, Sean. I know I've heard the way like Will and Kurt and all them like to write. And it's basically they lock themselves in a in a room together and then write. Yeah. Is that something you had to get used to or is that something you were already used to? Um, let's see for like, I think writing death star, I guess they were kind of similar writing processes. Um, it was a long time ago. So I remember death star a little less than I do happiness, but, uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah. For death star, I just remember, um, like we had started writing, Alex English, I think the first day I joined the band, from what I remember, um, at least one of like the first few days. So Johnny was still in the band at that point when we were writing that. And I forget if we had anything else before. Like we could, Will could have had some stuff, I forget. But uh, once Johnny was out of the band, then we started, we had to look for a new singer. So we were writing more so that we'd have like ideas to show. So we had done um, Uneasy Hearts and we had also written a robot part three off Death Star. We yeah. That, um, before Kurt was in the band. Those are the only two. I think those were the only two at the time that we had before Kurt joined. Um, Alex English was like a little written because I remember like kind of we were jamming at one time at Will's house with Johnny and he was just kind of like freestyling over it. But uh, so I, I don't know. I forget how much of it was was written at that point. Yeah. But uh so from from the way people talk about Will Swan, he I'm I'm assuming he doesn't know like music theory or any of that stuff either. Um, yeah, I don't think he knows much of it. I think he's kind of like in the same boat as me. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he like taught himself how to play guitar. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's <laughs> super concerned about theory, but he knows that like, yeah. he does a lot of like really cool weird chords. Yeah, uh, he doesn't do like just the standard um, typical chords. So, is it yeah. is it difficult to to try and write over some? I've I've heard uh, the drummer for Royal Coda. He he said that sometimes <laughs> it's pretty difficult to <laughs> try and figure out at least the timing that he's in. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. It can be tough. Um, I know a lot of the time I would kind of wait until drums and even some bass was in the mix. Yeah. That way I could kind of like hear what the chord changes are and hear kind of what the rhythms are, so I know kind of like how to right to it yeah, you so let them of, sort it out first yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah just because yeah sometimes it like doesn't even like make sense at first and then once it kind of like falls into place like oh okay i get it now like i hear what he was hearing in his head yeah um so yeah he has a yeah very unique way of writing you never really know where it's going to end up until you get the other elements involved which is kind of cool yeah i just want to say that uh death star has probably 
one of the greatest opening tracks <laughs> with with Alex English. The yeah. stop, the first one to hit the cup wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I don't know what those lyrics are about, but they're entertaining for sure. So, whose idea was it to get Chino to feature on that? Um, I think it was technically our um, manager's idea. Not that we didn't want him, but I don't think we thought that it was really possible. Yeah. Um, so one of the one of the guys who worked at our old management company um, also managed Team Sleep, and Chino's from Sacramento. So yeah. Um, I guess he kind of like threw that together. Asked him if he'd be down to do a feature on our album, and yeah, he agreed to. So we're like freaking out. Like that was super cool. That is awesome. Thought, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really something I don't I don't think we really threw out there just because it didn't seem like something that would even be possible. So. When we got yeah. the chance to do it, it was definitely very cool. Honestly, I think that album is the best album that he could have featured on. It's definitely got a more like experimental type vibe in that album in particular. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really like what he did on it. I think it came yeah. out really cool and he doesn't really sound like out of place or anything. I think he kind of he fits in. Oh, definitely. For sure. Is. It's awesome with Kurt's yeah. vocals and everything. Yeah. Did you talk to uh, my drummer Ben about Chino at all? I didn't actually. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know, but... He, uh, Chino used to live in the same city as Ben up in uh, Bend, Oregon. Yeah. So they were kind of, they hung out a few times and he kind of like, uh, Ben helped him set up, I think his studio, um, it's like a little home studio and stuff. And they were recording a little bit and stuff like that. So they became friends. He even came to the Strawberry Girl show up in oh, Oregon, wow. which was cool. And it was like, I don't know, there was like maybe 40 people there. And like yeah. one of them was Chino, which is funny. Wow. That's awesome, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. That was really cool. I didn't even think to ask him about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really like out there that he was hanging out with him. I think he's like maybe mentioned a couple times on social media, but yeah, it's not something that I would expect people to know. But yeah, I'm just curious if it all came up somehow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's crazy. All he did was just like hit him up on Facebook and was like, hey, I just moved to the area. Uh, I, I record music. Like, you want to <laughs> hang out? And he's just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Death Star album and Happiness had a had a lot more like groovier tune. Yeah. And I know you mentioned that you were listening to more like funky groove stuff around that time. We listened to um, a lot of like dance punk stuff. Um, so that was maybe a little more happiness, I would say. Like I can give you a few songs um, that like you can listen to and you'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like this is the main one that I was talking about with that groove for sure because that's when yeah. uh, John wasn't in the band for yeah. that album and uh, I had a hard time when I was younger listening to that album but it's easily both of those albums has, have easily become some of my favorite music that's awesome yeah um, but yeah there's still groovy stuff on uh, Death Star I mean I think a lot of it was just uh, we didn't really listen to a lot of like modern post-hardcore yeah. We listened to the stuff we grew up on, but we weren't really listening to our peers that we were touring with, which I, I feel like a lot of those bands kind of all seemed to like listen to each other, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh, so we had, I don't know, just like a lot more outside influences. And just like, I remember kind of having this attitude of, I don't want to do power chords. I want to like, I want everything to be just like kind of weird and just not like super predictable. Yeah. And, uh, I was going over Death Star and Happiness, going over like the, the guitar tabs and stuff I had written, um, kind of trying to refigure out some of the stuff and just like noticing 
just all like the weird little stuff that I would do. Like I would, it'd be like one riff and it would repeat, but like one of the times I would change one random thing or do some, I don't know, weird little, like put my fingers in weird places for the chords. Like they would change in the middle of stuff, just stuff that like, yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't really think to do now, but I, I don't know at the time, I think I was just like really trying to like, I don't know, prove that I could like do just be kind of creative or yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. So it was weird kind of going back over all that stuff and just noticing like, why would I, why would I do that? Like, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but like it sounded cool, but yeah, yeah just kind of like needlessly complicating things, but I guess maybe in a cool way. Definitely for sure. I remember. So the first time I've been a fan of dance and dance since like, so I went to see a devil wears Prada concert in like 2007, I think. Yeah. Dance Gavin Dance was opening. Johnny was in the band. This was in New Orleans. The stage was like the building looked like it was about to mm. fall down. And it was yeah, like no, two stories. You do? Yeah. That's the first time I've even heard of Dance Gavin Dance. The, uh, yeah, we're touring the uh, the first album, first LP. And that like ever since then, I bought the CD. And when I heard, I think the Backwards Pumpkin song, I heard y'all, that, that's the one that sticks out in my mind the most. Yeah. Is because of that weird ass guitar lick that Will does right in the middle of the song. Yeah, yeah, that one's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and that 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 I mean, I've been hooked on dance coming dance ever since that moment. Yeah, I remember that show being like sketchy. Yeah, dude, I went to go walk. It was like a two story building, and I went to go yeah. walk up the stairs, and you could feel the whole fucking building just shaking. Yeah, it was just like super hot and wet and humid. And- yeah, it was nuts, man. But. Yeah, that's that's the first time, and uh, I've been a fan ever since, man. So nice. Yeah, we actually played at that venue um, on our first Strawberry Girls tour with the Stolis. Oh wow! Um, I think it was. It, it used to be called, I think, Higher Ground or something like that. It's in uh, Metairie, Louisiana. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, that that a uh, Devil Wears Prada tour was crazy because uh, yeah, every show was just like disgustingly hot inside. It was just like super, just wet everywhere because they were. They like I think wanted the whole tour to sell out, so they would kind of book smaller places to yeah. make sure that everything would sell out. So then we'd be in these kind of like smaller weird venues, and the eye would just be like packed and just disgusting. It was like hard <laughs> hard to be in the building. It was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> those groovy bands. Sorry, those the punk. What would you say, punk groove or whatever? Um, yeah, dance dance punk. Yeah, yeah. dance. Yeah. Um. So yes, like stuff that. I think definitely influenced some stuff on happiness would be uh there's a song by a band called test icicles and it's called circle square triangle i, I like the name of that band yeah. Test Icicles. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting name. and then also the song we are your friends by justice and simeon used to justice we are your friends um yeah that definitely uh had some influence with like the groovier stuff. There was a, this band that most people haven't heard of. I just heard of them because Will had showed me them. Um, they're a small band from uh, Salt Lake City. They're called The Tremula, T-R-E-M-U-L-A. And uh, I would put their song Tunnels. It's the first song on their their album, um, their self-titled album. I remember he was playing it for me one day and it was like raining. And it was just like a very like cool, I don't know. The whole album is like, really cool. But uh it's crazy because uh so they were just like a small band i don't even know if they really toured um from like 15 years ago and uh but i really got into that album after will showed it to me and i was looking through uh 
for one of our tours a few years ago, just like the like information about it, like who the promoters and all that, where it's at. I was reading through it and uh, I recognized the name and I was like, I think that's the same name as the singer of the Trimula. I wonder if it's the same guy. I mean, it's like same city, so it has to be like the music, music scene. So I did an email, you know, and I was just like, hey, dude, were you in a band like 10 years ago called the Trimula? Um, I was like, I really like that band, um, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, he's, he ended up being that dude. It was, it was pretty crazy. That's nuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> Small world, I guess. Huh? Yeah, that was cool. Did you ever think that DGD was going to be as commercially successful as they are now? Um, no, not at all. Like we were always kind of the, the underdog in a sense. Yeah. Like it definitely, towards the end, we started like really like doing a lot better. But I don't know, it, it always just kind of seemed like we were kind of an odd man out. Yeah. Um, I think cause we were just trying to kind of, and like, I don't know if I'm just looking at them like an arrogant way or whatever, but we always kind of wanted, I mean, that's kind of like what we wanted, I guess was yeah. we didn't, we didn't want to necessarily fit in and not that we were like that much different, but uh, we kind of wanted to be something that stuck out and yeah, it was just kind of different from, from all the other stuff going around. That man's got to be like Will Swan's baby, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. As yeah. much as as much shit as he's stuck through with, you know, every, yeah. everything that's going on in that band, and he's just stuck with it. And and Matt Mingus as well, too. Yeah. Like both of them are like the glue that hold that fucking band together. Yeah, it's crazy how just how many things have happened, and how they've grown, and like, yeah, it's nuts. Because even like when Chilean first joined, I think they were still kind of, um, they definitely weren't where they are now. So. Oh yeah, no. Like, still kind of iffy and like, all right, what's this, what's going to happen? We don't really know. Just, just try it and see what happens. And yeah. They did it and it worked. Yeah. And you got and, John's goofy ass lyrics blaring yeah. in target now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely crazy to see how far they've come. Like being able yeah. to throw their own festival is, is crazy. It's oh, really for cool. sure, man. That's insane, man. I'm, I'm happy for him hundred percent, especially a band that I've been following, you know, for so long. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, uh, a band that has screaming in it and you know those types of bands don't really see commercial success very often so yeah it's it's cool to see why why did you end up leaving dance cabin now it was just like we were touring like so constant it was just like like back-to-back tours and if you weren't touring we were writing so we were just like always always together so i don't know we just had like some disagreements and stuff and i was like at the age where I was, like mentally was just kind of like going through stuff like growing up and wondering like all right what's the future going to be like like for me like is how long can i do this so i was just kind of like depressed and like miserable on like the last few tours um just like mentally just because i don't know like your brain's just still kind of like adapting from being like right out of high school to, to doing music and you're like how successful can this be how long will it last and yeah. by like throwing my life away you know just all those like questions even you just like don't really know yeah what's up and you're younger so um yeah we just ended up kind of like parting ways and like we're we're still cool now i still collaborate with him and, and stuff like that oh for sure yeah so my interview with ben he mentioned that y'all went to school together yeah yeah we went to high school together and um i think his sister kind of went to my church sometimes i don't know if he did or not like for uh like when they would like let I don't know, throw like a high school thing where kids can come like every Wednesday yeah. or whatever and do some stuff or whatever. Because um, I think she was a friend of a friend. So I kind of knew her or knew of her before uh, meeting Ben. But then 
I went to a couple of different schools. I went to Ben's high school at like the last two years of my high school, but we had already known each other just through local bands and stuff. Um, yeah. Our bands had played together. He was in a couple of local bands and I was in one too. So we just kind of like knew each other from the uh, local music scene. So yeah, let me tell you, let me tell you how he told the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. It's, he said that uh, when he said y'all went to high school with, together and then he said like out of nowhere, you just kind of disappeared for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I think he played a show or something that that you with his band, The mm. Trees. Yeah, and I think you played the same show, and and yeah. he he was like, "Oh man!" So he hit you up, and I then remember. he just asked you to jam, and yeah, Strawberry Girls happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he lived uh, down the street from me, so I just like walk over there, and uh, yeah, the first day we jammed, we wrote um, the first song on our first EP, Black Knight, and uh, I'm like, "All right, let's let's jam again tomorrow, or whatever." So yeah. I just, yeah, kept jamming and writing and ended up playing a show within, I, know, I think, the first few weeks of being a band or something like that. Was it just like for like a passion project at first? Like, did y'all even want it to be what it is now? <laughs> uh, I definitely don't think we ex- we thought it would go this far for sure. It was just kind of like a local band. Like, hey, let's just, we like playing music. Let's do it. It'll be fun to play some shows. Um, I hadn't really played any full band shows in like a year, year or so, I think at that point. So, uh, yeah, it was just cool to kind of get back to playing with like a live drummer, playing energetic music. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was, I didn't even really expect to do a tour, like even like a week long tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, just cause I knew how hard it was to kind of get into that kind of stuff and like just what goes into booking a tour and just all that. So I was just kind of like skeptical that it would, you know, ever be anything, um, not in a bad way, but just, I just kind of knew how hard it was. So yeah, it was, it just, yeah, started out as just for fun. Was it a uh, instrumental band? Was that intentional or did you ever at the beginning, maybe try adding a vocalist or? Um, I think it was pretty intentional just because um, we kind of had like a certain vibe. I think that we wanted um, yeah, like very energetic live and, like in the area, there wasn't really anyone that we knew that we thought would like vibe well with that. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, we didn't want to have a singer just to have a singer. And we also were just kind of like, it would maybe stand out a little more and be different. Because at that time, like now there's like a ton of instrumental bands. Oh, for sure. But uh, yeah. there wasn't really anyone that like I knew doing that. So any bill we would be on, it would be bands with singers. So we would always kind of stand out and be different. And, yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think the only band, I think the band, because I asked Ben if he was into any instrumental rock bands. The only one he mentioned was Terra Mellis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were, um, I mean, there was definitely instrumental bands. Like I grew up listening to post rock, but that's like a totally different type of um, instrumental. It's like, yeah. you know, more like cinematic kind of stuff. Like Explosions in the Sky, Godspeed You Black Emperor. Um, so I wouldn't even really throw that in the same kind of scene. But yeah, there was like, yeah, math rock. Um, that's like instrumental math rock, but, uh, yeah, like Hella and, uh, Don Caballero. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even really listen to like much of that. Listen to a little bit of Hella growing up, but yeah, at that point it was just kind of like, yeah, let's just, just see what happens. Like, why not? We started off just a two piece and then we got our bassist Ian, um, after playing our first show. Yeah. So, that's what, that's what he said. I think he said the trees and strawberry girl played a show together. Yeah. And then that was his last The Trees show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Ian was like, hey, I want to 
I want to play bass for you guys. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, we could definitely use a bassist. Yeah. Is there any okay. anything you were drawn from that you were listening to at the time? I mean, definitely a lot of Mars Volta for sure. That was a big influence. Yeah, I would do for Mars Volta. I would do their song "Area Tarka" off of the uh, Laos in the Comatorium. Um, for Italian Ghosts, um, which was our first first stuff we wrote as a band. Um, besides Mars Volta, I don't know. I was influenced by just like lots of random music. Like there's kind of a little hints of kind of like reggae in our song Vanilla Rainforest. Yeah. Um, like look, I don't know, it's kind of like dubby, weird delay effects and kind of drum beats. A lot of the drum beats aren't like typical rock beats. I always kind of like pushed for more, more diverse kind of like rhythms. I just don't like this typical, like, I don't know, classic rock. Yeah. I don't like straightforward rock beat. I like stuff that kind of moves you, which like was a big part of Marge Volta. They have probably my favorite drummer of all time, John Theodore on their first three albums. And uh, yeah, I just really liked what he did, how he, where he would take the music and just feel like good drums really elevate bands. Oh, for sure. Definitely, man. So y'all just uh, went independent. Y'all parted ways with uh, Tritakiro, correct? Yeah, it was like our, I mean, I think even, or I mean, our like relationship with them was just kind of like, if you want to do an album with us, you can. Like we're always down to, to release yeah. stuff. Um, but we, we just got to a point where like, let's just see what happens if we do an album and just drop it ourselves. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be a different experience. Yeah. Um, it's definitely cool having a team behind you to like do everything and help out. But, uh, yeah, I don't, it's just a new, a new just thing. Let's trying something happens. new with it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope it works out for y'all for sure. Mm-hmm. I know the whole like advertising and all that kind yeah. of stuff kind of, yeah. you know, we're not very good at that stuff. That's the hardest part of it all. <laughs> so the, the swimming pools cover, who was who that doing the vocals on that? That was me. That was you doing the vocals? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Uh, I know Ben said you recorded that like in your garage or some shit. It was in, uh, in Ben's garage. In yeah, Ben's so garage? recorded our, our first EP there, recorded that cover there. And then after that, Ben got like a studio somewhere, which was cool. What what made you want to do? Are you are you a Kendrick Lamar fan? Yeah, no. At that time, um, I had I got introduced to Kendrick Lamar in I guess 2011. Um, I was in Minneapolis working on like a little rap project. Um, I was just doing like beats and stuff with this dude Mod Sun. Who, yeah, uh, I know who Mod Sun is. Yeah, yeah, he actually he worked on that um, MGK album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a co-writer. Um, but he played drums back in the day in a band we toured with. And uh, I think we did a couple couple tours with them. And uh, he was always just super cool. And like, he was even kind of like doing rap stuff back then, but he kept getting better. So we were just, we met up. Um, it was him, one of our mutual friends, um, JCW, was also doing production. And we just went there for like a week and, and made songs. And during one of those sessions, um, one of our friends, Pat Brown, who did vocals. He also, he used to be in a pop punk band called Sing It Loud that we had done work tour with. Yeah. Um, he, I think he's the one who, him or my friend JCW might've brought up Kendrick Lamar. And at the time I didn't know who he was. Uh, so they played me one of his songs and I guess they kind of knew, um, 
they're friends with some of them. I think one, some of the smaller guys like Absol, who were on uh, Top Dog label with Kendrick. And yeah. uh, Pat Brown was on an Absol song, like one of his earlier albums. So, uh, yeah, they, they kind of put me on to Kendrick Lamar. Um, it would have been the first song on the album. It's called Growing Apart. Um, I think that was the first Kendrick Lamar song I heard. And I really got into a lot of songs off that album. And um, then I got into his album, Section 80, which I still think is like one of his best albums. That was before the uh, the Swimming Pools album. That's when he started to like really blow up. You also mentioned that you listen to a lot of pop. Is yeah, there any yeah. is there any pop song you want to throw in here, man? Yeah, let's see. Um, do Deja Vu by Katy Perry. I like that song a lot. And the album it's on, I feel like, didn't really get good reviews, but I think yeah. it's one of her coolest albums. That's hilarious. I actually had What's Your Favorite Katy Perry song. That was the <laughs> next question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, she has a, she has a lot of good songs. I would oh, for say sure. She might be my favorite pop star, even though, like, and I never really, like, think of her like that. You know what's crazy to me? For some reason, I was looking up like Warp Tour and stuff like that, and it was Katy Perry, right? She was yeah. on Warp Tour, and she also yeah. dated Travis McCoy. Yeah, yeah, I went to that Warp Tour that year. That was <laughs> probably like 2010, maybe. Uh, not even 2009. Yeah, I think it was like 2008, 2009, maybe. 2000, yeah. yeah, somewhere on there. That's insane. Okay. Yeah. I was in DGD when we we just went to the Warp Tour. I believe that year, just to like hang out. And yeah, I remember like seeing her bus and um, June Class Heroes were on that tour also. That's the craziest thing ever, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a weird move that she was on Warped Tour, but it's, it's cool. Um, throw on How I Roll by Britney Spears. All right. And then also throw on throw on Long Way to Go by Gwen Stefani. It's a super weird, weird song by Gwen Stefani. It has a Andre 3000 from Outkast on it. That whole album is like really, really good. It's like super diverse. Every song is kind of like, almost different genre and there's a lot of like weird stuff going on on that album when stefani's nuts man she's can't believe she's with blake shelton it's definitely weird she's all all grown up now right how's everybody doing (laughs) 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 that was good you like that how are we doing you like that all right okay okay hold on hold on uh so everybody always asks us uh, where do we find these playlists that we make on this show? And we find them on, you can just follow us on Spotify at B-I-P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T. And I'll also leave links on all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find all the playlists there as well. I have a link tree and that at is V-I-P-L-A-Y-L-I-S-T-P-O-D, all one word. And that's where you find these things at, so. Yep, so no more complaining. Yeah, and, I told uh, you. you. Go don't find listen, them. Find you. Go, <laughs> go find them. Go listen to them. Give us feedback, please. Yeah, uh, yeah. leave us a review. Uh, yeah. it, because we love you, and that would be the coolest thing ever. Um, subscribe, and subscribe and follow. I feel like that's a YouTube thing, but no, do it either anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't find the button, I don't know. Uh, you're not DM me. hard enough. DM me. Yeah, um, leave us a review, that'd be really cool. And then go follow us on our socials and on Spotify to keep up with the playlist. Thank you. So I'm going to change it up a little bit, and I want to ask about 
cooking. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, you, did you take any like culinary classes or anything? No, I just watch a lot of YouTube. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your your plated food looks pretty pretty dope, dude. Like sometimes it looks better than it tastes. But <laughs> <laughs> man, I wish I could cook half half the shit you cook on your Instagram, dude. That's insane, man. Thank you. Yeah, I only started like 2016. Before that, like. I would watch a friend make like boxed macaroni and cheese and I would be like, whoa, you're not like microwaving it with like water. Like that's crazy. You're heating up butter and milk. Like that's, <laughs> how do you know how to do that? So yeah, after like seeing that, I was like, all right, I want to, I need to learn how to cook. Like, let's just try it. I like to eat. So, you know, let's, let's try and learn how to make good stuff. So I just started like binge watching lots of uh, YouTube videos and reading recipe blogs and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, every time, Every time I make something, like, I'll usually do it differently if it's something I've made before. Just always trying to, like, see if it makes it better. Sometimes it makes things worse, which sucks. But, uh, yeah, just always experimenting and learning and trying to get better. That's that's really cool, man. Do you still play Pokemon Go? Uh, you know, maybe. <laughs> I don't, you know, they don't like to admit it. But, I mean, I, have, I got two level 40 accounts. <laughs> Just Damn, don't flex on me too hard, man. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite Pokemon? Um, huh. Which one know. do you use the most to take over the gyms? That's what I want to know. Um, hmm. I don't know. I just kind of use like whatever. I don't really have like a favorite per yeah. se. Um, growing up, my favorite, like when I was in like third, fourth grade, whenever it came out, um, my favorite was Articuno for yeah. some reason. Um, that was even like one of my AOL screen names. It was like Articuno ZG or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't really have, not that I can think of. Like if I thought about it, it would honestly probably be just one I think looks cool. It yeah. wouldn't really have anything to do with their like ability to do anything. Yeah. It would just be like, yeah, whatever one looks looks coolest. But uh, yeah, there's so many of them now. And I only, right. played, oh, um, like, I only played up to gold and silver as a kid. So I didn't know any of the, anything past that. So I'm like, seeing all these weird new Pokemon, just like, I don't, I don't know anything about them, but it's definitely like, now I know a lot more Pokemon, I guess. Yeah. Is there, do you have any other like hobbies or interests outside of um, music? Let's see. Yeah, besides music and cooking, that's like the two main things. Um, I'm really into just like comedy, I guess. Um, it's like watching like funny podcasts and stand up and, things like that um, yeah that's definitely something i really really enjoy so this is this is probably easily one of my favorite questions on the show that i like to ask i know you played some stuff on your spotify but what are the last three songs that you've listened to other than what you just listened to <laughs> a few minutes ago um let's see okay so today i listened to she wolf by shakira like two Two or three times in a row. I also, um, oh, you can add this one. Um, this is actually a local band. They're called Leche Malo, and they just released a song, um, I think last night, called October Themed. Yeah. And they're like uh, my favorite local band. They're really, really good. I'm like waiting for their for them to finally drop an album because they played a bunch of shows around here, and they're like really, really good. They're like a yeah. like they shouldn't be a local band. They should be like playing festivals and stuff because they're like yeah. a really cool, really cool indie band. It's really good songwriting too. Yeah, I would do 
a song called uh, Nada, N-A-G-A, by Lito Pimienta. A song was stuck in my head for a lot of yesterday. I was watching one of her live sets on uh, YouTube. But that song was really cool. I like how it builds up. It's kind of like, it's a pretty like chill song. Yeah. It's in Spanish. She's Colombian. But uh, yeah, it's just a really cool, kind of eerie, spooky song. Yeah. Got a lot of cool vibes. Last question that I have for you. And uh, if you have time, I actually have quite a few fan questions for you. <laughs> cool. When can we expect new music? Um, I think you'll definitely get something, hopefully, in the next month, the way it's looking. Um, probably like a single within the next month. Ben's working on mixing the album right now. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like fairly soon. So, first fan question is about your GNL. Yeah. Uh, is there any history behind it? Um, yeah, I got it. I don't know. It's probably like 15, 16, probably 15. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of, I had a few different guitars back then. Now I really only have that one. I would play that where I, would, I had another um, similar guitar. It was also like a, looked like a Telecaster. It had the, it was like semi hollow, so it's like super light and has a little hole and in it, just like my GNL does. But it was, I think, an Epiphone, yeah, all, all black. And I used to play that. I remember my old local band a bit. Um, and then yeah, with DGD, the uh, I just started using the GNL, and I I liked it. So uh, yeah, I don't know. If there's really much history, but it's just I don't know. Like my main guitar, I've had it for a long time, and I I like it. Like the way it feels. Yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so do you also produce beats and stuff like that? Yeah, I do. Like a lot of that stuff. Uh, mostly just like behind the scenes, um, as in like nobody hears them. <laughs> but uh, there's like a, there's a couple on Spotify that uh, I've produced. If you type in on Spotify LG, there's a song called In New Orleans. I did the beat for that. And I like how that one came out. Um, that's a friend of mine from New Orleans. And he's really good. He's, yeah. He's a really good rapper. Um, that's crazy, man. <laughs> Are you ever going to make an OnlyFans for your cooking? thought about doing it for guitar riffs. It's like posting new guitar riffs. Yeah. Oh, that'd be uh, dope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'd be funny to do cooking videos. <laughs> Uh, also, there's a two-part to this question. When are the Strawberry Girls short shorts coming? Oh, I feel like I... Well, maybe multiple people have asked that, but that sounds like a question. Like, I know who asked that. They keep asking it. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe someday, but... Maybe not someday. Really. <laughs> not, not focused on that right now, I guess. <laughs> How do you deal with creative block when it comes to writing and stuff like that? Um, it could be hard. I guess the best advice... I have is um, you just got to like sit down and make time and do it. Cause like, I don't always, I'm not like I'm not always feeling creative, but I know that if I sit down, make time, open up my music program and like start to try and make something, whether on keyboard or guitar stuff just starts to kind of happen, but uh, it can definitely be hard. I feel like this a lot with guitar. I don't really have a lot of, 
ideas to start with. Like usually I'll just kind of noodle around on guitar and play around until something kind of sounds like something I could record. Like, oh, this is like a, maybe a cool intro or a cool part or whatever. But uh, you can definitely be, you can kind of just feel like you're running out of ideas. So one thing I've done a few times when I've kind of been in that state is I'll just start like writing a drum part, just kind of like whatever, just like make up some rhythms on drums. And then, uh, then I can try to, it narrows down the possibilities of what I could possibly play. Cause when you're just doing guitar, it's like, all right, I can, I can go anywhere. But if you have yeah. a drum beat that kind of like boxes you in, you're like, okay, I have to make something that's to this rhythm. So then you kind of start jamming over that. So I feel like, I don't know, that's the kind of newer way that I've dealt with not really feeling creative, but wanting yeah. to, to make stuff. No, so for yeah, sure, I think that's yeah. a, a good idea. This is, yeah. Try to start with a, start with a rhythm. So you have, have a, a place to go. Yeah. When you write for Strawberry Girls, do y'all have like a specific tone that you want for the track when y'all are writing or do you just kind of go with whatever? Um, I don't know. I think we just kind of, the stuff just sort of happens. And, I know. I think you yeah. said you did this new album that's coming out differently, whereas you wrote a whole bunch of stuff and then just kind of let you and Ben talk it over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I probably wrote like 40 or so songs, um, that we had to pick from, um, for Tasmanian Glow, our last album. So we had a bunch of stuff left over, a lot of songs that I like thought would be on Tasmanian Glow, but you know, when you have 40 songs, you can't really put them all on, on one album. I mean, you could. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we had a bunch left over that I still really liked and like wanted to be on an album. So, uh, like with Tasmanian Glow, I kind of just, uh, since I had written 40 songs, I didn't want to, because like usually in the past we would jam as a band. So it would be kind of like a, we were all involved. So yeah. since I was kind of like spearheading it and it was sort of like all my ideas. Um, I wanted to let Ben like, all right, which songs are you drawn to the most? So that he felt more like included in it rather than me being like, all right, I wrote these songs. Here's what's going to be on the album. More, yeah, for a sure. More like like democratic. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like let him sort of each day like, all right, what song, which one do you want to do drums to? So he would he'd pull it up, and then uh, like I would write drum parts to the demos, but then I would kind of let him just sort of he would just listen to the song without drums and kind of come up with his own stuff. So like he's yeah. definitely a part of the writing process. Um, it was just that we we had the guitar music finished rather than like writing it with him at the same time because like. I never really, very rarely did I like bring songs to the table. It was always just like, let's jam. And like, whatever we come up with, we come up with kind of in the moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, since it was a different writing process, we just kind of, yeah, just did things differently. So this time we still had a bunch of songs left over. I actually released a handful of them as a solo album back in March. That's actually um, the next question I was going to ask cool. you. And that was the personal question is this, you know, where did that solo album come from? <laughs> yeah. Those are just like B sides from the writing process. Yeah. And then, uh, there are a couple newer songs that I'd written, um, that are going to be on the new album that weren't a part of that group of songs. Um, but for the most part, it's just, I just kind of write whatever I'm feeling, like all kinds of different styles. And then if something kind of sounds like it, it might be strawberry girls and we'll do it. Um, with this last album, it was definitely a little more, it was definitely more different than some of our past stuff. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is just my writing style is different when I'm writing solo than when I am writing with the band. Um, so it's like maybe a little more 
poppy rather than like long and weird yeah. experimental like changes but there is a little more of that on the new album it's definitely the new album i think is a darker a little bit darker than, than the last album but uh it was cool with the last album because we would have like songs that would come about in weird ways like um our song love trip off the of tasmanian glow started off as a rap beat that i made and then it's been like <laughs> been like a rap beat so he's like you should try and find a way to like play it on guitar because it was a uh, it sampled a song, like a, like a Japanese song. Um, I don't even know what instruments are, are used, probably keyboard or something. Yeah. And I, like chopped it up and played it. And uh, so I kind of like figured out a, uh, like I'm not playing the same exact chords they're playing, but just kind of like a similar, similar type of sound. Um, yeah. So it's just weird that that like ended up being a Strawberry Girl song. It was kind of cool, like a, definitely a weird way to write it. There's also a, there's a song on our new album uh, that also kind of came about that way. It was like a weird rap beat I made like almost 10 years ago. Basically just like the, <laughs> me- the, um, the melody. And then uh, it was like on keyboard, but I was like, that's a cool melody. So let me see if I can like translate it to guitar and that's going to be on our, our new album. But it, like, it doesn't sound like a rap beat, but yeah, it, it came from that a melody that I had written on keyboard to a, a rap beat. So uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to do weird stuff like that it's not like super conventional for us that's a good segue into my next question uh would you ever do gangster rap that's (laughs) another fan Uh, question i mean i don't think i would do it like uh i wouldn't be the the rapper i'd be down to like try and produce some uh i mean it depends on i mean you did a hell of a job on the swimming pools cover man (laughs) (laughs) thank you but yeah i'm a big fan of like uh old dr dre and snoop dogg that kind of era i still listen to that a lot um really like a uh, chronic 2001 a lot that album yeah very cool um, i know my brother he's he's huge into tupac man my brother loves tupac nice. Nice. and uh i mentioned something to him the other day about tupac and biggie and he went off on like this history lesson for me about how tupac and biggie were friends but then they hated each other <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's crazy if you go watch, look up like Tupac interview, 17 year old or whatever, it's like an interview with him as a kid. And he's, he seems like a completely different person. He, yeah. Uh, he started out doing like dancing and ballet and stuff, I think. Um, and then I remember reading a quote about, about Tupac from uh, one of the guys in the Beastie Boys. And uh, he said something about like Tupac wanted to be so authentic, like gangster that it ended up kind of like being his downfall in the end because it yeah. didn't really seem like he started off that way, but he kind of like kept pushing himself in that direction. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see like that other side of him when he was younger. Yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts on the ever changing or sorry, the ever evolving Taco Bell menu? Oh, I think I know who asked that one. <laughs> um, it's messed up. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they need to bring back Mexican pizzas that they just got rid of. They need to bring back the double decker taco. They need to oh, bring for back sure. the uh, the volcano menu. I need that lava sauce. Didn't they? Uh, didn't they take away the uh, man? What was it? it? Had the little Fritos in it. The the chips. What ooh. were those called? The um, the um, yeah, beefy uh, crunch or something. Yeah, the nacho. Cr- yeah, beefy crunch. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, those were so and, good. Uh, got rid of the cool ranch tacos. Those oh. were tight. The flaming <laughs> flaming hot Dorito taco was tight too for a little bit. Um, yeah, I know, uh, we've been going to Taco Bell for years. I went there last night. 
it's a it's a good good place, but they you know I don't know whoever's in charge right now is it's off the rails. Are you ever going to do tabs for self-titled and happiness release tabs for them? Um, I think there's uh, a plan like somewhere down the line. I think there's a dude um, tabbing them out, but I don't know when that's going to happen. But uh, yeah, that's actually what I was talking about earlier when I said I was kind of going over those songs and like trying to figure out yeah like, uh, what you were doing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I was like helping that dude out who was doing the tabs. So I kind of like proofread or fact checked his tabs and I had to like, I corrected a lot of stuff. Um, there, a lot of that stuff's kind of hard to hear some of the stuff I'm playing because of the effects I'm using. Like even I'm like, I'm not totally sure exactly what I played because it was so long ago and I haven't played him in years. But uh, I had to kind of go back into that mind state and be like, all right, what, what would I have done just to try to figure out like where the finger placements and stuff would be and what's the, am I playing this in the right spot? That kind of stuff. So. It's uh yeah it was it was fun to go back over that and kind of dissect every song on, on yeah. the albums and, and try to figure out kind of exactly what it was but uh yeah my my parts for those albums will will be accurate for the most part so yeah whenever those come out they uh they were fact checked by me <laughs> <laughs> nice what's your favorite moment in your career um I don't know maybe I mean just like anytime we play a really cool show with a lot of people who are enthusiastic, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, and I guess one of the cooler things that I feel like has happened, happened when I was 18 and, uh, on the very first tour I did with dance, Kevin dance, we, uh, we were touring with this band called drop dead gorgeous. Who was also on that devil Wars product tour. So they had just recorded an album at the time with one of my favorite music producers, this dude, Ross Robinson, who's done, um, he did Relationship at Command by At The Drive-In, which is one of my favorite albums, and they were in Mars Volta also. And then uh, he did Blood Brothers, Burn Piano Out and Burn, which is one of my favorite post-hardcore. He did Glassjaw, Worship and Tribute, which is another one of my favorite post-hardcore albums. Um, it's one of my favorite, like, just recordings in general. Like, it's one of my favorite drum sounds. It's kind of a unique drum sound, in my opinion, but I really like all the weird effects. And I think that probably influenced happiness a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of... Uh, Used a lot of a lot of phaser and stuff on that album um, for guitar effects, but uh, he also did um, stuff I grew up listening to. Like he did the first Limp Biscuit album, Corn. He kind of like sort of pioneered like the early new metal scene, and then he kind of started hating that. So he's like, All right, I want to do something different. So then he kind of like found these cool post-hardcore bands at the time and did a did a bunch of that cool stuff, bunch of classic albums. So, anyways, we uh, they had just recorded with him. And he comes to the show and afterwards like, Oh, we're going back to Ross Robinson's place. And, uh, like all the bands are invited if you want to come. So that was like, like, Holy shit. Like this, and that was 18 at the time. So like all this stuff was still like pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, um just like stuff I was listening to. So, uh, you go back there. He's like super nice, super cool like, talking to us at the time. I was just like a merch dude and opening band. And, uh, <sighs> he was like, yeah, just really, really chill. He was showing us like old, uh, old VHS tapes of recording glass jaw and uh, it's like telling us stories. He recorded The Cure, which is his favorite band, and their band I like a lot now. Yeah, uh, yeah, just like all kinds of weird stuff. And like we were nobody, so he was just like very, very chill and, and a nice person. Um, so it was that was definitely a, a trip that I never, never thought would happen. 
That's awesome, and that's really cool. What is your favorite dinosaur? Um, I think I have one. Um, let me uh, let me Google cool dinosaurs. Narrow, <laughs> narrow it down. I don't want any other. Narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. Cool dinosaurs. Let's see. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Um, that's pretty weird. Um, let's see. I right, was. Ooh, there's a dinosaur taco holder. That's kind of cool. It is pretty cool. <laughs> um, let's see. All right, this one looks kind of like a, a cool Pokemon. It's a. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Yeah, I know yeah. what that is. Yeah, it looks. Me and my wife, uh, we play this video game together called Ark Survival Evolved. Nice. And uh, basically, they have all the dinosaurs in there, and you ha you can like tame them and ride them and all, all kinds of stuff like Sweet. that. And we, me and her, play. We have like a server together and stuff like that. So. Sweet. Yeah, that one looks cool. <laughs> it's got the weird spikes and stuff on it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Let me read off the bands that we have and make sure you don't want to add any, anybody else. Uh, we got the Beach Boys, Journey, Thrice, Refuse, Thursday, Taking Back Sunday, Test Icicles, Justice, The Trimula, Mars Volta, Kendrick Lamar, Katy Perry, Britney Spears, Gwen Stefani, Shakira, um, <laughs> who is that? Let, let, what is it? Leche oh, Malo? Leche Malo. Yeah, yeah. Leche Malo. Uh, Lido Femiena. Yeah. And LG. Does that sound good to you? You got anybody um, else? I got, a, I got a few more you can uh, you can throw on. Um, so there's a band called Combo Chimbita, C-O-M-B-O-C-H-I-M-B-I-T-A. Uh, they're uh, like a Colombian band. Yeah. And they're, they're really, really cool. We saw them just randomly on tour on an off date. One of our friends was doing sound for the concert and we were in town. So he's like, yeah, just come by. And I'd never heard of them. And they were like incredible. I've gone to see them a couple of times um, when they've come back. And yeah, they're one of my, my favorites. Uh -huh. They have a song. Um, let's see. Off their album. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Uh, Omale, maybe. Um, it's their second album, 2019. Yeah. Um, song 8, Revelation. Um, uh -huh. That song is, is very cool. That whole album is sick. Um, yeah. Both, both of their albums are really cool. But that one I really like a lot. Um, they have a lot of really cool energy live. They're one of my favorite live bands to see. And then also there's another Colombian band called Bomba Estereo, B-O-M-B-A-E-S-T-E-R-E-O. -E -E um, and they're another one of my favorite bands. I haven't seen them live, but they have a lot of, lot of really, really cool music. Um, I think it's hard to pick, but I guess I would just do the title track, track one off of, uh, Amanacer their 2015 album. Yeah, that album was actually produced by one of Ben's favorite musicians, um, this dude, Ricky Reed. I don't know if you yeah. mentioned him at all on his playlist, but um, he was in a band that Ben really liked growing up called Facing New York, which that might've yep. been on his playlist. Yep, that was on there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. He was just in like these weird kind of, I don't know, punky, post-hardcore indie bands um, growing up. And now he's like a huge producer. Um, yeah, he's worked with a bunch of bigger artists. I think I forget who. I think yeah, I guess he worked with um, Lizzo. He did some of her big. Stuff. Oh wow, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, he's he's produced for like a, a ton of artists at this point. But it's cool to just see how he's kind of evolved. He just like started doing a like a weird solo project on the side that was kind of electronic back in the day called yeah. uh, Wallpaper. They're really good. Um, they have a lot of really cool stuff. 
but uh, yeah, he just did that and then just kind of expanded and it's crazy how far he's come. Oh, for sure. That's, that's nuts, man. Yeah. That facing New York was really good. Uh, I actually enjoyed Ben's playlist with, you know, I, I enjoy the, the, the more variety, the better, I think, you know, yeah. drawing inspirations from all over, you know, my cat is going fucking <laughs> crazy right now. <laughs> I think there's a lizard in my living room that he's trying to get. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it, but I, I definitely heard something in the yeah. seconds ago. Yeah, he's nuts. But uh, so I think let me let me see what we threw on his. Hold on. Um, he actually threw Love Trip on on his from Strawberry nice. Girls. Is there a is there a song you want to throw by either your solo dance, Kevin Dance, uh, Strawberry Girls? Any? Um, you <laughs> album scene. Uh, I mean, you've got you've got quite a catalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bunch of stuff. Um. Oh, wish we had a, a new song out. <laughs> right. Maybe, <laughs> uh, I guess, Moonwalker off Tasmanian Glow. Moonwalker. A fun, uh, funky one. I like that one a lot. And uh, I have one, another song that I want to put on it, on the playlist, not by me, but uh, it's a song by The Cure called Doing the Unstuck. That's one of my favorite Cure songs. I feel like it's, not really one a lot of people listen to so is there a song that i can open the episode with of mm. yours maybe like uh, electra i think is that your newest song electra let me see yeah that's the last uh it was a collab with uh ben let's see um trying to think of what these songs sound like <laughs> mm. maybe you could do electra I guess that's like the closest thing to a new Strawberry Girl song. Yeah. Um, and now we just got to think of the name, man. <laughs> I mean, you just do like um, Zachary Garen influences or something like that. All right, that'll work. Let me Zach Garen influences. You want to do Zachary or Zach? Uh, you could do Zachary just since that's like my Spotify right. music name. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. I uh, I really appreciate you giving me some of your time tonight, and I, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night. And Thank you, you too. It was good I, talking to you. But yeah, man, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Bye. Talk to you later.